Well, I said, when you're hungry, what do you reach for? And well, the, some of the answers, and I know people, people typically say, food, food, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> I mean, I kind of expected it. I was looking for a little more speci- specific, and, and some of you gave me things, and uh, almost uh, with the glint in your eye, like it's, I'm, I'm confessing my sins here. Um, they say potato chips, chocolate-covered potato chips, uh, cookies, cookies. We went out to Troyers to pick up some uh, some um, belated. Uh, we got we got late starting our little garden, and uh, so we went out to Troyers and found some few remaining uh, uh, tomato plants uh, to to put in the ground. And but while I was there, they had near the cash register. I didn't know she made peanut butter cookies, Mrs. Troyer, but they were good. They are very good. And I would have loved to have said that that, that dozen and a half really sizable cookies lasted all week, but they didn't. Yeah. They lasted maybe a day and a half. And that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, uh, last week, uh, as, as you know now, I, I, was, in, uh, I was in Angola. And um, we we were able to spend we were able to spend um, I love that lady it's my wife for those of you who don't know <laughs> um, yeah anyway where was I I was in Angola last week yeah that's right she does that to me. <laughs> Where was I? Who am I? Um, I was. We were in Angola last week, and, and Lisa and uh, uh, Andrew Evanock, who came out of this congregation many, many years ago, recently came back last year, and uh, they're pastoring Angola. And I had the privilege, the privilege of doing the installation service for them. I was. It was a great, great day, and it was kind of neat to watch a young couple that started out. Um, just serving, you know, giving their, you know, it always starts out here, okay? You never start out at the top of the ladder, in spite of how many people, we like to do that, right? It doesn't, doesn't work that way. I remember that they were simply serving God and being faithful on a weekly basis in their church. And many, many years later, God takes it one step at a time. Now they're pastoring. Are they, are they done? Are they finished? No, they're brand new pastors. There's a whole lot they don't know. And there's, there's pro- they're probably going to make lots of mistakes. But that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. It was a privilege to be able to be a part of that and to watch those things grow. God continues to do that even here. You know, the, the, you know, the, I don't know what he's calling you to do. Maybe calling you to be a pastor. He may be calling you simply to... To be to be a teacher, or I mean, to be a teacher, or to be something else. But I tell you what, you, none of that works unless, first of all, you just simply say, "God, I belong to you, and I want to walk faithfully with you." That's that's basically foundational. Foundational. All right. Um, every lead, every road leads somewhere. Okay, and this the, today is about the journey and God's oasis. Okay? The, the, you might say not only the resting place, but the place where God feeds people, right? Somewhere along the journey. Now, 
this in, 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 in reference to there are lots of journeys in the world, there are lots of roads in the world, and each and every one of us is on one. Okay? We're, uh, and every road leads somewhere. The, it's important for us to know that the, road, that, that the place where we want to go, the road that we're on will take us there. And we need to understand whether, whether or not, I mean, the, the way that we're living, the way that we're walking, the way that we're, uh, you, may, you might say, the decisions that we're making in life in terms of, our, uh, in terms of the road that we're living on, the road that we're walking, we need to understand where that road takes us. Okay? I believe, I believe that we are not just wandering aimlessly, that the decisions that we make uh, ultimately will take us to a destination. It's important for us to, to be okay with that. And I, I kind of like the old, old, years ago I used to teach a Stephen Covey course called uh, Seven Habits, I believe it's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the, one of the things that, uh, that, that was taught there is that you begin with the end in mind. Makes sense, right? We do that with, uh, hopefully we do that with uh, when we're working in our hobby shops. We've got a picture of what it is that all of this wood cutting will become when we're done with it. When we, when we start out in school, hopefully we have an idea. Now, that's a hard thing. Some of you have graduated high school, and you're on to the next thing, and the only thing you really know is that you're going to go to college. How many of us know that, that there are lots of little paths in college? I mean, uh, and, and you don't want to wait till your senior year to, 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 to figure out that this is what I want, but yet many people do. How about seeking God and saying, God, what do you want me to be? Reveal it to me. Reveal it to me. Open my eyes. Help me to understand where, what I need to be doing and where I should be going. And then you can kind of like begin a beeline. Pew! Just head right out that road. Okay. Well, um, when we talk about God's oasis being on the right road and, and, and going to the destination, you've decided... To, many of you decided to become Christians, okay? I don't know how many people are in here kind of like still undecided or uncommitted. I don't know. But I want you to know that those who have decided to follow Jesus are on a particular path. Now, Jesus talks about this. He, he says, he says uh, struggle or and to, uh, agonize to get into the, the narrow gate, for straight is the path, and narrow is the way that leads to righteousness. And unfortunately, he says, there will be few that find it. Now, I don't know about all that, but I believe it's, it's true. There, that as we, as we go out in this world, we make decisions and we live and we, we enjoy one another and we enjoy life. And then, um, what's the scripture say? It's appointed unto man once to die and after that to judgment. We might have 70 years on this, on this planet. We might have more, we might have less, but it's kind of an average, Right? Some of us here are beyond 70. So you're, getting, you're in the bonus zone. Can I say that? From a biblical perspective, you're in the bonus zone. And uh, that, that's pretty cool. And, but, but each and every one of us, are, we're making decisions, we're walking. Now, if, you're, if you are a believer, if you're a Christian, if you've decided to follow Jesus, there are some things you need to know about this oasis, this, this place, this road that God has 
for you. And let's, let's look at this. Now, this will make sense as, 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 open, as I open this up. In Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, we have this here, right? Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. There we go. Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, verse three. It says, He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna, which, for, uh, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Okay. Now, most of us are familiar with that passage because we, we remember what Jesus said when he was tempted in the wilderness, right? Okay. When the first temptation was, uh, the enemy came to him and said, look, you're hungry, right? Forty days without food. He's, he's fasting. He's out there. He's been bapti- he, ba- he was baptized in the Jordan and went immediately into the, into the wilderness. And the enemy, after 40 days, when he was hungry, when he was vulnerable, when he was weak, I mean, that's the enemy, right? right? He came to him and said, if you're the Son of God, you can turn these, these stones into bread. And Jesus responded by quoting what Moses had said to the Israelites. He says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But I take you back to this passage because Israel was on a road. Okay? And they were making choices, much like you and I make choices today. What will we do? How will we live what will, be, what will be the important things in our lives? And how will we order our lives uh, to align with the things that we believe are important? Now, that's kind of tricky, isn't it? Because quite frankly, in, in this big wide world, oftentimes we, we, we do a double thing. On one hand, we say this is important. And on the other hand, we do things that uh, kind of like are not in line with what we say. Okay? Anybody ever find themselves doing that? Sometimes it's the pressures uh, of, your, of, your, of your day. You know, it's like, uh, I love God with all of my heart, but I'm not going to follow him. Right? Uh, you know, how'd that work? I love my wife, yet I've got these girlfriends on the side. I love my children, but I really don't have time for them. Can somebody else watch them all the time while I watch TV? I mean, we have these ideas about what we should be and what should be, and we can mouth those, the values that we think are important, and we can mouth those, and we're good at mouthing those, right? But we need to order our lives and so that, that somehow reflect the path that God wants us on and what, you know, the values that we believe are, are real and true. And so here we have the Israelites kind of going through the desert. They're on a trail. They're on a path. And this is new for them. They'd been, up until just weeks earlier, they'd been slaves. And so they get hungry and they begin to cry out and say, Oh, you know, Moses, you brought us out here to just to die in the wilderness. And, 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 you, and we know the story how God just sent something called manna. It was like this wafer stuff. Every time I think of that, I think of these little hosts that, that you're given in church. And it can't be like that because those are pretty tasteless, you know? They call it bread, but I don't really know what it is. Yeah? But I think of those things, and, but the scripture call, uh, says it was kind of sweet like honey and those kind of things. But even as good as that was, as, you know, it, it's pretty cool that God just drops it out of the, out of the heavens. All I've got to do is pick it up and eat it. 
and it's enough. And in this passage, though, he's, uh, Moses is saying to them, he humbled you and let you be hungry. Now, sometimes we don't get it unless, there, unless there's a perceived need in our lives. Okay? We don't get the things that God wants us to get unless there's a perceived need in our lives. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I guess we're built that way, aren't we? Unless we feel a little pain, unless we feel a little pain or a little bit of a push, we're not willing sometimes to make the right decisions. I've told you in the past that when we're on the mountaintop and when things are going well for us, I mean, that, that serves a purpose in our life, but there are some things that we can't learn up there when things are going well. There are some things that we need to learn, and we only learn them through some level of, of adversity. Does that make sense? Now, I'm not the, I'm not the guy who's going to sign up and say, okay, just lay it on me, God. Adversity. Right? I want more pain. You know, it's like I, when we were, we were young, young jarheads and we were exercising. I mean, we would wear these uh, uh, heart monitors and we would run up hills and stuff as hard as we could to see how high we could get our heart. Yeah, it's a little crazy. <laughs> a little crazy. But at the same time, you know, most people aren't that way. And, and, we, and, we, and we had this, you know, Pain is good, more pain is better, agony is ecstasy. All those crazy athletics things that people, that people, it's just not normal. Just not normal. So most of us aren't here to sign up for pain, but recognizing that some, um, there are some things that we need to learn, like it or not, that we will learn through adversity and difficulty. Okay? Uh, CC, are you ever going to be a great runner unless you go out there and hurt a little bit? What's that Let's say? Run, rest and repeat, okay? And, and my hunch is uh, it, it's through the adversity and the repetition of that adversity that you get to be faster and better, okay? Now, uh, you know, we even see this in nature. You know, I, I was mentioning my mother-in-law, she's a, she's a sweet lady, and I remember that when she would come to my house and she, had, she was still healthy enough to do this, if she didn't have... Uh, if she didn't have a lot to do, you need to hide the pruning shears. <laughs> you need to hide the pruning shears. I'd come home, and she, this little lady, this little white-haired lady, has, has, has made my yard look like, 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 you know, all the bushes are cut down. What happened? And the, the first response is, is that, that it's go, it, it'll never come back. It, it looks ugly. But before you know it, that growth begins to produce good things. We know this. We see this in nature, that, that sometimes pruning is required for new growth. I mean, can we, can, we, can, we, can we even take this to the point that there is no resurrection without a death? There is no, you might say, no, no, no life without some death first. Something has to die in order for things to live. So, adversity... Is part of the road. And what he's telling, telling the people of, of Israel, he says, 
He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor your fathers, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. One of the things that I can't, I was reading some Jewish writing on this, and, and the Jewish, uh, the rabbi simply said, look, all this means is, is that, that, in spite that, that we go out and we, 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 we try to get food, we try to do this, all the, all the physical things that feed our lives. But the truth is, you don't live by that. God spoke you into existence. All things that, that live and exist, the scripture tells us that God spoke and they were. So even now, there is power in his word. And could I, could I, could I say this? That God has put in you an eternal seed. Yes, we, we both we live in this world and in the next. There is something, yeah, this, this thing is, every time I look in the mirror, I recognize this. Man, this is not going to last that much longer. But there is an eternal seed in me that can't be fed and sustained by the things of this world. Does that make sense? And even, even the, the, the dimmest of us recognize this. When we go out and get something from Walmart or Kmart or the PlayStation store or whatever, da-da-da-da-da, or, the, or, the, or, the, or Ed Schultz car lot, or, we recognize this. That you know, We look and say, we want this, we want this, we want this, we get it, and all of a sudden it doesn't satisfy Kind of ancillary side door evidence that the things of this world will never be enough. Does that make sense? Oh, certainly we need them. In fact, Jesus says, look, the Gentiles are the unbelievers. They look, they, they chase after this and after that, the food and what they will wear, what they will eat, and, and, and all of these things. He says, He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He said, and then all these things will be added to you. He says, I know you need these things. I know you need food. I know you need these kinds of things to sustain your life in this world. But there, will, there is coming a time when those things won't be necessary. I say it that way. All right. Could I, uh, let me read something that David Wilkerson wrote. It says, bread stands for all natural material things necessary for this life. Food, shelter, Clothes, labor, wages, bread represents livelihood, those things we need that are not evil in themselves. Many Christians, however, live only for, these, for the things of this life. Now, I, I want to say that. He says, many Christians, however, live only for the things of this life. They live on bread alone. Could I say it that way? Huh? Many Christians live on bread alone. And he goes on to say, what have you been thinking about these more than anything else this past six months? What has consumed most of your time and prayers? Has it been mostly bread issues, personal needs? If, you're only, if you focus only on bread, then you have no life. You are living in a wilderness just as the children of Israel did. They rose daily and began crying for bread their personal needs, every day for 40 years. 
Beloved, that's boredom, drudgery. God never intended for His children to live like that. Instead, He told Israel through Moses, you should be living by every word that proceeds from, from out of my mouth. Yes, I told you I would give you bread, but don't stop there. Move on. I have told you that there is a land flowing with milk and honey, with trees and rivers and forests and green pastures. I want that place for you. As I said before, Jesus repeated Moses' words when tempted by the devil in the wilderness to satisfy his hunger by turning stones to bread. Could I say when you and I become a Christ, when believers in Christ, we become a new crea- creation? We can't live on bread alone. If we try, we will become famished. We will become a famished, malnourished shell of who and what God intended for us to be. Does that make sense? Now let's look at some of the New Testament passages, and mostly we find some things in John, the sixth chapter, and these some selected verses. In verse 31, he says, Our fathers ate manna, the scripture says, uh, and people are, are, are they're, they're having a conversation with Jesus. Our fathers ate the, the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. And Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it's not Moses who has given you bread out of heaven, but it's my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Lord, Always give us this bread. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Therefore the Jews were grumbling about him and, uh, because he said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. He said, I, and in verse 48, I'm the bread of life. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. Now, we recognize physically that we're going to die. Jesus is speaking of eternal things here. That seed that I spoke of. He says, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I give for the life of the world is my flesh. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. Now, I understand that many of you right now are thinking about communion. Okay, And I get that. I get that. I understand that. But could I, could I venture to say the communion represented even more than that? Re- represented not only, you know, uh, it, it's, 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 we receive communion, don't we? Okay. But it represented more than, than just a simple act of taking a piece of bread and a cup, whether it's wine or ju- grape juice. Okay. Jesus did say, this is my body which is broken for you. This is my blood which is shed for you. And he said, eat this, all of it. Okay? And he said, do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. You know? and, and we could say, okay, uh, let me just go, I'm going to have communion every day. That's fine. It doesn't matter. He says, do it as often as you do it in remembrance of me. No problem. But I think he was pointing to a deeper truth. Not just the sacrifice, but what the sacrifice entails. The life. You might say the road that Christians are to walk. You are a different being than, than, than you used to be. And you realize that, you recognize that when you give your heart to Christ, what happens? 
Well, for some of you, you say, well, I, don't, I never really noticed anything. But the truth of the matter is, when you come to Christ, some things begin to change. Okay? When you give your life to Christ, and, and no one on the outside, kind of, it's, it's one of those things where I can, I can we've, we've, what, what were those apples we bought the other day? Gala, I decided I like gala apples. Okay? And I, and I eat them, and I can, I can eat into them, and I said, boy, this is sweet. And I can tell you that it's sweet, but unless you take a bite, you won't really know. And it's kind of like faith and relationship with God. I can tell you what's going on in my life and what God is doing in my life. But you won't know until you take that trip. Okay? But, God, but God's not a respecter of persons. He will fill you and bless you and give you a taste of, of, that, of that glory, of that, of that power. Uh, the the communion symbols uh, are simply symbols of the life of a life sustained through the sacrifice. God has given us another way of living. Okay, now let's let's look at John fifteen one through six. I've got plenty of time here. Um, I am the true vine, he says, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in, in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so it will bear more fruit. Okay, there we go. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me, and I am he. He bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, they are burned. I suppose what we're looking at today, as believers, God's given us another path, and it's not just a path of, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. It's a path, it's a path where you're sustained in a different way. What God is doing in you cannot be fed and sustained just by, by bread, by bread but must be sustained by the bread of heaven. Okay? And I'm not just talking about communion here. I'm talking about a way of living and drawing life from God. And one of the pictures, the pictures here is this. You abide in me and I in you. You get the picture of the branches and the vines. Now, now we, have grape, we, have grape, uh, uh, we have vineyards here. Okay? So you drive up and down 90 and you see in the middle of the winter, you still see these brown things uh, coming out of the ground that are attached to the ground. And, and so that's the, that's, the, uh, the, that's the vine. And he says, I'm the vine. Jesus said, I'm the vine. You're the branches. The branches have to remain connected to the vine to draw life and to grow and to produce fruit. We get that. We understand it. So let's think of that in terms of a spiritual picture here. If you are different, what I mean by that, if you have the Holy Spirit within you, and you become a Christian, you need some things that only God can give. This is not a new concept. This is what God was trying to tell the people, the Israelites, even in the book of Deuteronomy, the 8th chapter. He said, He let you go hungry so that you would know. See? So that you would pick up on this truth. 
How does one abide? How does one stay connected? How does one eat spiritually? How does one not just famish? You know, become, you know when, you, when you gave your heart to Christ, have you ever had some days when it's just like things, you know, you're wondering what in the world this is all about. You feel weak inside. Uh, you might have succumbed to you know, multiple temptations, and you look at yourself in the mirror, and you say, I thought I was a Christian. What am I doing all these things for? And why is it that I'm feeling the way I am and living the way I am, even though I'm a Christian? See? That life that, I mean, here you and I are walking in this world. We're kind of like a, kind of a dual creature. Can I say it that way? I don't, that's not biblical. That's not a theological term. But we live in the world, we eat we, and we sustain, but this thing and, and this flesh is passing away with the world, but the, the eternal you needs to be fed and sustained, right? That's where, we're, that's where I'm going here on this, okay? But what is spiritual food? How do I, in a sense, remain, how, how do I abide with God? How do I stay there? How do I stay connected with Him and receive, Okay? As the branch is connected to the vine. Okay? I mean, we know this. You snip the, the branch off, what happens to it? it? Dies. And Jesus said this, unless you abide in me, you can do nothing. You won't bear any fruit. The fruit, and, and, and he's speaking in terms of kind of like an agricultural thing, but we get this. Could I say to you that there are things in, that are revealed in Scripture that say that it are their spiritual food? The first one was the Word of God. And that this goes back to the, the first passages. Man should not live by, uh, by bread alone, by the things of this world, and all these things, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God's Word is, is creative. It's not just something that just is, well, what's a nice, you know, you've heard, you've heard, if you've been in school before, you've heard, I don't know, I, I would hope well-intentioned, well-meaning, but ignorant uh, teachers who would say, oh, this great ancient literature. It's been around forever, but, you know, da-da-da-da-da. I want you to know, the communists understand how dangerous it is, how powerful it is. It's, it's amazing. The Word of God is powerful. It changes the world has the capacity to change you, has the capacity to change me, because there's life in it. There's life in it. So why not? Why not? Why not? Why don't I just embrace what God is saying? Somehow bring it into me and let it produce the fruit that God wants. And that's, that's where we are. That's where we're going with this passage. Okay? The Word of God. The Scripture speaks of it as uh, a seed that produces fruit. Remember, the sower went out to sow. And the, 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 the seeds were the word of God. And when, they, when the seeds landed on good ground, it produced a harvest. See? Now, that's kind of cool to, to think in terms of the word of God being a seed. Because if, if, if you're like me, you're saying, okay, how can I harness this? How can I make this work for me? Okay? You understand me here? How can I harness this? How can I make the word of God work for me? If God's word is a seed, and, it, and if it's planted in my heart and I receive it, what, what kind of fruit does it produce if, if, I'm, if I'm embracing him? Well, joy, fruit, joy, peace, long-suffering, yeah? Galatians 5, right? All of these things, it produces things in you. Okay? And, and sometimes it happens when you don't know it. I remember 
I remember kneeling next to a, a, a bunk when I was only about 19 and reading. And all of a sudden, uh, this is another occasion. All of a sudden, when I would read the, the Bible, this supposedly ancient piece of literature that didn't really have any, it's just, it's just history. All of a sudden, inside of my heart, I felt something moving. I, I felt myself convicted. I felt myself pushed to make decisions. I felt embarrassed because of, my, because of the way I lived. I said, what's, what, what, I've read Plato. I've read Plato. I've read Aristotle. I've read, I've read uh, Michael Polanyi. I've read these things. Didn't have that kind of effect on me. I read Leaves of Grass. I loved it. And, and there was this place where I could kind of connect with that and enjoy that, but it never pushed me like this. There was something different by the, uh, about this word. Not only did he convict, but he offered me a way out. He offered me salvation. He offered me a pathway to joy and freedom and forgiveness. See, God's not here just to beat people. In fact, he isn't here to beat people. He's here that, that you, you and I might have life and life in abundance. See? But there has to, there's a process, you know. He says, come to me. It's kind of like the, kind of like the, the person that said, look, um, you know, uh, she's standing next to a, a well. It's the eight, I think it's the 8th chapter of John. And uh, he says, give me some water. He says, why, why are you? You're, you're a Jewish man. Yeah. Why, why would you ask me water? Ask, ask me to give you some water. And Jesus said to her, uh, if you knew who was speaking to you, you would ask me to give you water so, and you'd never be thirsty again. That got her attention. That's kind of weird. Got her attention. And the conversation went on. Eventually, she said, Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband. He knew. Now he, and she said, look, uh, she said, I'm not married. He said, you're right. You've had a big a scat of husbands, and the one you're with now is not your husband. Now, one would say, well, that's pretty mean. He was just putting his finger where it needed to be. And the cool thing is that this woman, got, Jesus had come to that village just just to give her life. Okay? The truth is, is when God speaks to us, some things are in the way. And he'll put his hand and his finger on that. Right? And the worst thing we can do is just reject what he's saying to us and, and go on our merry way. God is here. And the things that he says to us and the way that he presses on our heart is so that we would have life in abundance. Yes, he challenges us. No, are we, we're not always right about life. The Word of God is a seed that produces fruit. In, 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 in Psalm 119, it says, it's, it guides you into a land, uh, that it, it guides you in a land that's often filled with darkness. He says, Thy Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my pathway. God's Word teaches us which way to go. Also produces faith in you. Romans 10 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's an amazing thing to have faith build up in hope, faith build up in your heart. And you know it, even in, 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 in a tough situation, God's there. 
Spiritual food is the word of God. Now, you know, all I, I'm running out of time, so let me, let me just go through this. What other spiritual food? Prayer. How do I sustain? How do I feed myself? Prayer. This spiritual thing that's happening to me, how do I feed myself? For prayer. The scripture tells us in Jude, it says, building yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. We know that when we get close to him and pray, prayer, he feeds us. Worship. It honors God and enriches the worshiper. Recently, I, I spoke on the, the time that, that Paul and Barnabas, they were in chains. They were, it was midnight. They were in chains. It had a tough day. And they were, in, and they, were, they were shackled in prison. They began to sing and worship. God moved in that place. Broke the, the chains fell off of every prisoner. The doors swung open. Worship. Worship feeds you too, folks. Worship feeds you. Fellowship. The community coming together. Being together uh, on, a, on a regular basis. Now, now, this is anecdotal. Can I just say this? That when, when you come together... See, the Holy Spirit's in you, Brother Ed. The Holy Spirit's in... If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit's in you. Okay? And when we come together, there's a lot of power there. There's a lot of power. And when I'm strong, somebody else might be weak. We come together and God gives a word. And I don't always know what condition and what circumstances you find yourself in emotionally, spiritually, and you come and you, and, and maybe this lady over here walks over to you and says to you, says, you know, God just spoke to me. I want you to be encouraged. And this is what he's saying to me. Okay? And it hits the mark. It hits the mark. It's just what you needed. Fellowship is important. Because there's, there's strength in that. And the Holy Spirit feeds us through one another. Okay? Uh, the, uh, the scripture tells us in Hebrews 10. It's, what, what does it say? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Okay? And the last thing that I would say. The witness. It was the word of God. Prayer. Worship. Fellowship. Witness or service. Witness. When you witness to, to, to other people about Jesus. Or when you serve other people in the name of Jesus, that allows the, the Holy Spirit to flow through you. Okay? Allows God's gifts to manifest itself through you. This is, this is what I found. This is a little anecdotal, but I was just a young guy. I didn't know. I remember we would go out on the streets of Court Street in Jacksonville, North Carolina. That was the, that back then, that was the strip. The, 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 the hookers, the, the, uh, the bars, the, the flashy clothes, all the, diet, the, the, the cheap jewelry stores, all that stuff was down there. And we would go out and we would witness. And here's what I found. At first I was doing it because my other friends were doing it. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Get a bunch of chick tracks. You know, back then they weren't bad. And we, we, would, we, would, we would pass them out and give them to people and talk to them about Jesus. And here's what I found when I did that. And I was a little afraid... Uh, uh, you know, cautious, and it's, it's kind of, you're putting yourself out there, right? You, you ever did, have you ever done stuff like that? Just kind of, you know, you're passing them out, talking to people, and you're not being aggressive or mean or anything, you're just talking, would you like to talk about Jesus? Let me tell you about the love of Jesus, okay? Those kind of things. And I remember, I remember distinctly, as a young believer, when I did that, the Holy Spirit would come upon me. 
And when I, when I say the Holy Spirit would come upon me, all I know is that it felt really, really good. And I felt stronger in my faith. Okay? So God feeds us through acts of service and witnessing. Acts 7. That's how you abide, that's how you abide in Christ. Now, without these things as believers, and I'm talking about a path that we walk and we follow. Worship, the Word of God, uh, serving, those kind of things, uh, spending time in prayer. All of these things feed that spirit within you and keep you strong, okay? Without these things, we become malnourished and famished, okay? Spiritually, okay? Now, I can, I'll tell you then, I'm going to meddle just for a minute here. I can almost tell you, you know, because I'm pastor, I've been here 13 and a half years, and many of you have known for a long time, I can almost tell you from the things that I see, you do and not do, who's famished and who's not, who's hungry spiritually, but they may not know it, somehow running on empty, got the words right, got the activities right, but there's nothing inside. Now, let me tell you something. When you, you and I are weak, when we are famished, when we are hungry spiritually, we're vulnerable. We're vulnerable. We're vulnerable. Just like if, if I haven't eaten for several days, of course, I could go for a few days. I get weak, hungry. And it's the same thing as, the same thing as spiritual. Yeah, many times the, the issues that, that, that the issues that come up in church that don't like this, that don't like that, don't like this, don't like that, usually they're not they're not coming from people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. They're not. That stuff comes from, from Christians who have, you might say, a, a, a and, and we can all be there. We've all been there from time to time, so I'm not busting anybody here. But those kind of complaints and issues usually come from people who are empty. They have, uh, they have a semblance of, of faith, but there is no power. When you and I get close to God, when we read His Word, He fills us. He shows us another way. The, you know, without that, it's just religion. It's empty. It's dry. It's not satisfying. And the truth is, God is here all the time, says, come and let me feed you. But we do our best, we do our best to run on empty somehow. Okay? And, and we, think, we, think, we think that all our complaints are because we're more spiritual than those other people. The truth is, is we're running on empty. We're running on empty, and we're in jeopardy. Causing problems. Because we're running on empty. Now, we don't have no, any problems right now. Church is healthy, strong. But God wants to feed you. God wants you to eat from the man of heaven. Yeah? Prayer. Spend some time just say, God, I want... Can we have some music? The stand. We want to do the stand again. Okay? Can we do that? Debbie? Gonna drop your grandbaby. <laughs> Come and sing for us. Lead us in worship. Folks, I don't know. 
I, I don't know if you, I, I, when it comes to worship, you might say, well, I'm not that kind of person. You need to become that kind of person. You know, you're, you're missing out on what God wants for you. You're missing out. Word of God's powerful, strong. Will feed you, will build you. Prayer, God, just, just, just come to me. Let me get into your, 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 your heart and your mind, God. But pride keeps us from these things. The idea that we've got enough and we don't realize we're running on empty. We don't know what we have except that, that sometimes we're just dry inside. There's no joy in salvation when you're dry. You need God. You need Him to feed you. You need Him to give you the things that you need. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. We've got a few minutes here. Could I, could I, you know, maybe one of the things that has made me think about these things is some of the stuff that's happened this week in our country. I'm not going to go into all that, but folks, been a fight, we didn't even show up. What I mean we didn't show up? Not, I'm not saying we didn't have, have, we didn't have people on Capitol Hill Lobbying. When are we going to figure it out that we wrestle not against flesh and blood? But that behind all of this is a spiritual power. And he's given it to us. But we don't even show up for the fight. On any given Wednesday night, i got 12, 13 people here. Now that doesn't mean you don't pray at home and those kind of things. My hunch is you don't. Just pastor. Yeah? I know my own proclivities. I know sometimes I lag in those things. Can we at least show up for the fight and find that God will sustain us and feed us and He'll move mountains? He still moves mountains. Still moves mountains. It's not just about this one. It's about every day. It's about all the other things that we wrestle with. God still moves mountains. And He still feeds us people if we come to the table. If we come to the table. Let's worship. And the altar is open for anyone who wants to come. And pray and seal and deal with whatever God's speaking to you. If God's speaking to your heart. If you're new here. You never know, if you've never given your heart to Christ and you'd like to give your heart to Christ, know that, you're, that if you should die today, you're going to go to heaven. God's going to be with you. He's going to fill you, bless you. Come and see me at the front, okay, as we worship, as we pray, and other people are filling in. Let's worship.